Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. All right, so today we are on part four of our series, which is uh, Famine in the Time of Naomi. Actually, last night I planned to uh, just, you know, uh, say a little word about the famine in the time of Naomi and jump to the famine in the time of David. Uh, but later I realized that, you know, because this, uh, this famine during the time of Naomi is kind of a natural one, okay? Uh, but during the time of David, it was not a natural one. That's the famine in a form of judgment, okay? So, but uh, that will be for next week. So today, <clears throat> it's going to be, uh, we're going to focus on the famine in the time of Naomi. And you all know that uh, uh, that's in uh, book of Ruth, chapter 1, all the way to chapter 4. But today, we're not going to read <laughs> chapters 1 to 4. That's, that's, a long read, okay? <laughs> what we will do is that uh, for our introduction, we are going to read Ruth chapter 1, verses 1, all the way to verse 7 only, okay? Is that cool? All right, so let's do that. Let me look for the scripture first. Uh, Luke, oh, no, no, not Luke, Ruth, I'm sorry. Ruth chapter 1, beginning from verse 1, it says, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in a country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephraphites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Verse 3. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. What an unfortunate thing, right? Um, verse 4 says, they married, I mean the two sons married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years. So you could imagine that this famine lasted for around or approximately 10 years. That's a long time, friends. That's a long time. What if... That will happen in our days. Okay, what? That's just a what if, okay? So just think about this right now. We are on year 2022, April 10. What if next year, you know, famine would start and, you know, just like this? But I know it's not going to be like this because this is a natural famine. But anyway, let's continue reading. Now we're on verse 5. It says, Both Malon... 
and Kilion also died, meaning to say both of Naomi's sons died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So now, Naomi is by herself, a widow, <laughs> with her uh, uh, daughters-in-law. Okay, so this uh, verse 6. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. Verse 7, the last verse. Uh, with her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. So, you see, um, if you want to know what happened, okay, next, you have to read the whole chapter, okay? And uh, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, so you see the whole story that even if God allows famine, and, you know, even if you will move to a different place, God's plan for you will not change, well, that's amazing, okay? Because God works for the good of those who love Him, okay? So, uh, because of that, as children of God, belonging to God, we can celebrate, we can rejoice because we know that God is at work. And in fact, in the Bible, it says, He who began a good work in us, in the book of Ephesians, it says, He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. So God is faithful, amen? So we rejoice. But let's go back to this story. What is there that we can learn about? Okay, so let's look into that again. So instead of us reading Ruth chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4, I would like to recap or uh, summarize the book of Ruth. Okay, so we see that the family of Elimelech and Naomi experienced a famine in the days when uh, the judges were ruling the land of Israel. Okay, and it forced them, uh, Elimelech's and Naomi's family, to to move to the land or to the place called Moab. And live there. It's the Bible says for a while, but we know that it's a span of approximately ten years before Naomi, uh, you know, returned home to Judah. Okay. Now it was there when uh, in in Moab. It was there where Naomi's two sons, Malon and Kilion, uh, got married, and one was, mar was married to Orpa, and the other was married to uh, Ruth. But we, we also read that the, their husbands, Malon and Kilion, Naomi's sons, died there in a foreign land, okay, in the land of the Moabites. And um, to cut the long story short, Naomi returned home, returned uh, to Judah, Israel, with only one daughter-in-law. Okay, I, again, if you want to know the story, just read uh, after this uh, preaching. You can read chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. So you, you see how it all happened, okay? But the thing is, Naomi 
and and Ruth, her daughter-in-law, uh, returned to Israel after the famine uh, I mean, was, was over. Okay? Um, so, you see that this is a natural famine that forced a family to move to a, a land, the land of the Moabites, so that the Moabite woman named Ruth can move to Israel. You see there? Do you think uh, it's a coincidence or somehow a plan where, you know, a family has to move from one place to another and then later on uh, returning with another, an additional one. <laughs> so, um, we see that uh, uh, that happened i mean uh, they moved to moab and uh, returned home with a womanite woman ruth so ruth uh, moved to israel with her mother-in-law naomi and uh, so boaz and ruth can meet <laughs> all right uh, and and uh, we know that the rest is history uh, so the thing is uh, in marrying ruth boaz revived or revives Elimelech's lineage or there was a, a restoration for the family of Elimelech. You see, remember, Elimelech and her, his two sons died. So, you know, all their uh, property, their, you know, you will understand this, okay? You'll have a glimpse of this if you read Ruth chapter 4, okay? It's there. It's written there. I think uh, in chapter 2 and in chapter 4, okay? But we don't have time to read that today. So it's, 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 uh, it's up to you. It's your prerogative to do that later. But the thing is, the, my point is, there was a restoration. Okay? Is that good? So God can work in any situation, whether there's a famine or whatever crisis you can name, you know, God is not limited. God is God, and God can do wonders, and so God's people do not need to panic. We do not need to fret. We do not need to worry uh, about things. And But the thing is, uh, we know God is God, okay? So, so, so that's, uh, that's the thing. So then... Uh, so there was this restoration, okay, when, uh, when, when Boaz married uh, uh, Ruth, okay? Then Ruth bore Boaz a son, okay? They had a son whom they named Obed. Now, Obed was the future father of Jesse. And Jesse, okay, uh, would become the father of King David. All right, so you see uh, Boaz, yes, it's a royal lineage, right? So Boaz, and then uh, Obed, and then Jesse, and then David. King David, this is the, the lineage. of. So you, you understand that in order for the right person to marry the right person to, to have a son that is going to produce the king of Israel, all right? In fact, from David all the way to the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, to the Lord Jesus Christ. So you understand how God works. God can work, you know, in ways that we cannot see. Just like the song of uh, Don Moen, right? 
God will make a way. <laughs> yeah, give me a G. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. You know that song? He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to his arms. <laughs> With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way. He will make a way. So if God can work, you know, you know, in a way where, you know, uh, Elimelech or Naomi cannot see. But he did, okay? God can work for you also, my friend. Okay? To those of you who are watching this, God can make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. You see, that is a song written by Don Moen. And it's a powerful one, you know. I, I don't. We, we, we don't know how many people uh, got encouraged by this simple song, because the, it's it's packed with truth. The same thing with what happened to, uh, to to the book of Ruth. You know, the story of Naomi. I mean, he she said, "Call me Mara." Because, you know, I am, my life is bitter. <laughs> That's what she thinks. But the thing is, she's like Job, never complained against God. Listen, in whatever situation you're in, you may be in a very bad situation. But listen, okay, God is not to be blamed. All right? God is flawless. God is perfect. And he's watching how you will react and respond to your situation. So do right. Do the right thing. Do not blame God. Because who knows? You know, maybe there is a tug of war or a, you know, a, a loud test uh, for you. So when you overcome the, the test, if you respond properly, you will be blessed. You will be promoted. You will be, you know, just like Job. And so, do what is right. Okay, just do what is right. So, going back to the story, okay, uh, the good thing is we said that uh, because uh, a family moved to the Moab country and from Moab returned to Israel with somebody, somebody that is so special, who became special to Boaz, Boaz, and to Israel, because out of this woman named Ruth, a Moabite, okay, okay, came a king, all right, lineage. He, I mean, Ruth was the great-grandmother of King David. How is that, okay? How's that? So, even the famine has a purpose, my friend. Even famines, they have purpose in fulfilling destinies. That only, uh, you know, that only an infinite mind can comprehend. We may not comprehend. We may not understand why all of these are happening and why God is allowing such and such. But one day soon, one day soon, we will understand why God allowed 
what He allowed. Okay? Amen? Not today, but for today, we may never understand it all. Why this? But, why this and that? But, trust God that He knows what He is doing. So, for that, I like to uh, make a final emphasis on that by singing this song, God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you can't see His plan, when you can't trace His hand, this is the right thing to do. Trust His heart. Okay, let's sing that. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you can't see His plan, when you can't trace His hand, trust His heart. Wow! That's a great song. So much truth in that song, especially when you read the story of Joseph, remember last Sunday, our topic was about uh, the famine in the time of Isaac, right? Joseph. Joseph, was it Joseph, Isaac? Okay, it was on the same time, by the way. So, all right, so, um, so friends, with that being said, that God is too wise to be mistaken, God is too good to be unkind, when we don't understand, when we can't see His plan, when everything seems to be confusing, okay, you cannot trace what His hand is doing, just trust His heart. Because in the end, as you remain true to the Lord, as you remain faithful, as you abide in Christ, Anyway, we will all wind up or end up in heaven with God. Amen? So no need to panic. No need to fret. Even with what's, with what, you know, the going on in, in Europe, the war, especially with the economic war, okay? As uh, you know, if, if you're watching the news, uh, you see that... Um, uh, and I don't want to mention that. That's why uh, the world is uh, shaken right now, because the uh, sanctioners were out <laughs> were outsmarted. So there's an uh, economic war going on right now. But anyway, um, the thing is, that no need to fret. The Lord said that there's going to be wars, rumors of wars, but don't be alarmed. Those things must happen first. But it's not the end yet. Okay? Um, so, and there's no need to complain, okay, either about the trials that God allows. As long as that trial is not a self-inflict trial. Because, you know, there are people who are going through a trial that they started. You know, <laughs> some trial that, that is self-inflict. Alright? So, you know, you can be sure that those trials will only... I mean, the trials that God will allow will only build you up and promote you and teach you more lessons in life if 
if you know how to respond. Okay? So in facing trials of many kinds, like uh, the nat natural famine, okay, all that you need to do, all that you need to think of or remember is the word respond. Okay? If, if you notice, I have, you know, mentioned that word respond. If you respond. If you respond. Not react. Okay? Responding and reacting are two different things. Just for example, the doctor will give you an antibiotic, okay? He says, drink this uh, three times a day, so on and so forth. If, if your body, uh, you know, responds to it, meaning to say your body is getting well, okay? No reaction. But, you know, if, say, you took the erythromycin or whatever that the doctor prescribed you, and then after that, you, start to, you started to vomit, and, you, you know, you feel dizzy, and, you know, things like that. So, meaning, say, your body is what? Reacting to the antibiotic, okay? So, that is the difference. Either your body will respond to the medication or your body will react to the medication. Same thing with God. When you are treated with trials for your good so your faith can grow, uh, if you respond, and that's good, it will build you. It will make you. It will make you stronger. But if you react, if you complain, if you blame God, if you, you, know, you get mad and... and, and you know, so the thing is, uh, you're you're not responding to the will of God. You're not responding to the ways of the Lord. Instead, you're doing it your way. It's like what the song says: "I did it my way." You know, don't do that. That's not a good song. Okay. Anyway, but there's a lot of people they like the song. Not just they, not just that they like the song. They live it. <laughs> they do it. They apply it. They put it into practice. Please, please don't. That song is not for Christians because Christians, true Christians, do not like that song my way. You know why? Because the moment you give your life to Jesus, acknowledging Him as your Lord and Savior, when if He is your Lord, then you are not the Lord of your life. Okay? If you remain to be the Lord of your life, then you have the privilege to sing that song 24 hours a day. Okay? But if you claim to be a Christian, someone who is a disciple of Christ, you are not the Lord of your life. You are a follower, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, don't do it your way. Okay? Do you hear me? Because there's a lot of Christian, instead of responding to the trials they're facing, they are reacting to the trial. They are reacting to God. They are reacting to the situation. They, they behave like as though they can do it their way. So even if they don't know the song my way, they are living it. They are applying it. Friends, if you're a Christian... You submit to Christ. You need to have the mind of Christ. Therefore, every solution you have in your mind, whatever plan you have, okay, in order for you to overcome, to, to face or to deal with your trial, you will only do it God's way. You know why? Because you have the mind, the mind of Christ. So if you... 
you know, you ask advice from me, what can I advise you concerning the trial you're facing? Be sure that the principles I will give you will be are coming from the word of God because I operate, I function with the mind of Christ, not with the mind of the world. Okay? So that is the point. Okay? Now that's the only way to solve trials. Okay? You want to solve your trials? Do it God's way. You need to have the mind of Christ. Okay? Um, Alright. So trials can either make us or break us. If you respond or if we respond, we will be stronger. We will end up, you know, uh, it will build our faith. We, it, we will end up stronger in the faith. But if we react, we will suffer loss. Remember that. The enemy wants us to react. The enemy wants us to lose our composure. But that is not what God is. You know, just think of this. You know, I like this. Um, what would Jesus do? Okay, what? W-W-D. Okay, W-W-D. What would... Huh? What? Uh, yeah, W-W-J-D. What would Jesus do? If Jesus, if the Lord Jesus is in your very situation, what would Jesus do? That is what you should do. You hear me? Now, I am not uh, angry right now. Okay, you see my smiles? Okay, I am not angry, but you know, I am just trying to drive this truth into your heart. Think about this. In every situation, in every trial you will face, Think of WWJD. What would Jesus do? Okay, when the devil tries to tempt him, what did he do? He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus never yielded to temptations and sin. Okay, so he is our perfect model. What would Jesus do? So Jesus never reacted to trials. Okay. In fact, the greatest trial that he was about to face, that we can read, uh, that we read in scriptures, that when he was about to be arrested and crucified, but instead of reacting and <clears throat> asking God to, uh, <clears throat> sorry, to rescue him, he said, "Lord, if it is possible, take this cup from me. But it's not not my will; your will be done." Because. This, on the same, in the same way, we must understand that we are not Lord over our lives. Let you, we, the same prayer should be done. If we are, you know, pressed on every side, sides, we don't know what to do, and we don't understand what's happening. Lord, let your will be done. Amen. So. The thing is, um, don't react. Just respond. Okay? Um, because if you react and rebel by sinning against God, then you will bring pain to your life. Okay? Sin breeds pain. Remember that. But not all pain is caused by sin. Okay? So don't get me wrong. Not all pain is caused by sin. If you're in pain, it doesn't mean that you have sinned. But all sin, <laughs> all sin, all sinful acts 
will always result in pain. So sometimes you see, oh, you know, I'm going through a great suffering, a great deal of suffering right now. Now evaluate yourself. Have you sinned? Is that a result of what you've done? That is what we call self-inflict trials. You know, you can inflict your own trial by sinning against God. Okay, let me tell you this. So, I mean, let, this is my advice to everyone. Okay, my advice to everyone is this. Repent and get right with God. If you're not living right with God, get right with God. Now you ask, why is God not answering my prayers? Why are my prayers are un unanswered? Or why is he not uh, concerned about uh, my needs? Or why is he not providing for us? Or why is he not helping me with my life, with my family, with my marriage, with my work? <clears throat> why am I experiencing personal uh, famine uh, emotionally or something like that? You know what? The answer is this. There is no specific answer or reason for that. It could be a lot of factors too why you are going through something or why you're going through some difficulties like that. But, you know, both righteous and the wicked experience famine in their lives. Okay? So, being righteous does not exempt us. We are not exempted from the effects of famine. Okay, both the righteous and the wicked will go through the same thing. That is why we cannot jump to conclusions why you're going through what you're going through. But whether it is caused by something else, whether it is caused by whatever, okay, you can think of, I encourage you to at least first examine yourselves. Okay, before you point a finger to anyone to you know or blame God uh, or blame it to somebody or, or blame it to some factors that you suspect has caused it or ha is causing it before you do that first examine yourself okay like I said because there are trials that are self-inflict so but I'm sure that God is not the one to blame for the destructions I mean, God is not to be blamed also for the distractions that are happening right now in this world. Our God is perfect and He is holy. Um, only people need to change, okay? Uh, people are not perfect. And, um, okay, so that's it. So examine yourself, examine yourself, or examine yourselves. Start in the, in, in the personal level. Okay, so again, uh, examine yourself. Are you right with God? Are you submitted to the will of God? Or do you love Him? Are you faithful to Him? Are you obedient to, to God's will? Are you a disciple of Christ? Or like, you know, do you attend church regularly? Are you faithful with your giving unto the Lord? You know, do, do you fellowship with your brethren? Do you pray? Do you worship the Lord Yeshua? Um, do you serve your fellow men? Do you share the gospel to the lost? Are you doing what you're called to do? So, a lot of things. Or, are you busy for God? Or, are you busy for yourself? Are you busy with 
matters that you know gratify yourself that really don't matter to God or with things that really don't satisfy okay with things that destroys the temple of the Holy Spirit you see that's one of the worst thing that you can do is destroy the temple of the Spirit okay are you busy with activities that hurts God the Holy Spirit now, that is a serious thing. You, you know, to some people, that's ridiculous. That's something that's, uh, you know, out of this world. You know, what? Oh, yeah. I mean, this thing is right. It cannot be taken like You should not take this lightly, guys. The bottom line is this. Is God pleased with you? Or are you deliberately sinning against God? So you see, when you sin against God, you are in rebellion against God. In other words, in other words, listen to this. You are hurting God, for sure. In short, you are hurting God. If you're not living right, you're not right with God, you are hurting God. Simple. Every day, you live your life in a wayward manner, in a way that, is, that offends God. You know, God is holy. God is righteous. And if you ignore His word, if, if you know His word and you ignore His word, he, it hurts. It hurts. You know, I'm a parent. You know, to, to, to many of you who are listening or watching this right now, you're, you know, if you're a parent, you understand how it hurts when your children rebel against you, when they disobey you, when they come against you, when they, you know, criticize you and, and fight you and argue with you, you know, it hurts. Same thing with God. God has feelings. So if you don't live right with God, you're hurting God. That's it. Okay? That's it. Now, so if there's someone you and I must not hurt, must not offend, that is God, the Holy Spirit, who is sent here to live in us and with us. You see, like I said, can you flash this one? Do not hurt the Holy Spirit. Okay? It says, do not hurt the Holy Spirit. You hurt yourself when you hurt the Holy Spirit. That's the truth. Okay? Instead, learn to love and respect Him because only He, the Holy Spirit, can make you holy, happy, and productive. Okay? Only He can do that. That's why He is Holy Spirit, and He can make you holy also. He can, you know, enable you to live a holy life. Okay, so don't you ever offend Him. Oh, I forgot. There's a scripture in the Old Testament, I think in the book of Isaiah, where it says, the Holy Spirit turned against them. You know, because they, they, they did not, you know, they disobeyed God. They, they hurt Him. They offended Him. And so the Spirit was against them. So that's a bad thing. You, you are in a very bad situation when you make the Holy Spirit your enemy. Okay? Do you understand that? <laughs> don't make the Holy Spirit your enemy. Or don't offend Him to the point that He will give you up or, you know, Give you over. 
You know, it can come to a point. You read Romans chapter 1, so you'll see. Read Romans chapter 1. That is why I said, if I, the, the best advice I can give you, if you're not right with God, is repent. Get right with God. And, once again, do not hurt the Holy Spirit. You hurt yourself when you hurt the Holy Spirit. Okay? Instead, love Him. Learn how to love Him. That's why I, I tell others, do not trust yourself. Do not trust yourself. Meaning to say, do not put confidence in the flesh. Always. Because if you trust yourself, it could lead you not to become dependent on the Holy Spirit. But if you don't trust yourself, so you need help. Always. So you can sing the song, I need you, Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. So you need the Holy Spirit, right? So, friends, <clears throat> that's the thing. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28 says, uh, no, no, verse 30. Let's jump to verse 30. Um, Ephesians 4, 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay? The message version says, Do not grieve God. It says, don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you. So you see the Holy Spirit lives in us. Uh, don't break his heart, friend. And it says, <clears throat> breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life. Making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. So you just can't take the Holy Spirit for granted. Be sensitive to his feelings. He is God. He has feelings. We were created in his image and likeness. And the point is, you know, it says, do not grieve God. Don't break his heart. Don't. Please. The Living Bible says, okay, the Living Bible version says, verse 30, don't cause the Holy Spirit sorrow by the way you live. Okay, check your lifestyle. Examine yourself. Remember, He is the one who makes you to be present on that day when salvation from sin will be complete. Okay, uh, another version. This is one of my favorite Bible versions. The New Century Version. So easy to understand, okay? The New Century Version says, And do not make the Holy Spirit sad. Wow, I said, I told you, this is very simple. Do not make the Holy Spirit sad. The Spirit of God, God's proof that you belong to Him. God gave you the Spirit to show that God will make you free when the final day comes. Okay, so as of today, do not make the Holy Spirit sad. Amplified version. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please Him. That is how you sow seed. How you sow seed, good seeds, please, by pleasing someone. That is how you sow your seed. Okay? So when you please yourself, you're sowing seed in the flesh. Okay? So it says, by whom you were sealed and marked or branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. So now, listen up. If you insist on living a life apart 
from the will of God, then you are planting more seeds of pain. Okay? Put this in mind. If you plant one seed, someday, okay, not right away, someday it will bear a harvest, a plentiful harvest of the same kind of seed. So if you're planting bad seeds, you are going to harvest a lot, a ton of bad seeds, okay? So it's not a good thing to hurt God today because later on, you are going to have a bad harvest, a painful one that you cannot imagine. Do, do not hurt the Holy Spirit. You hurt yourself when you hurt the Holy Spirit. Okay? <clears throat> so, listen. Don't hurt the Holy Spirit. It will surely come back to you. What you saw, you will reap. However, on the other hand, okay, by, by the contrast is this. If you please God, if you love God, if you respect God, if you honor God, if you uh, esteem the Word of God, if you love the Holy Spirit, if you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, if you worship God, you know what? You are sowing good seeds. And it will bear also good fruit. Okay? There will be joy, there will be happiness, there will be peace or shalom for you in the coming days, in years to come. You know, you, you will enjoy God's shalom. Your family will enjoy God's shalom. Uh, amen. Etc. So again, again, do not hurt the Holy Spirit. You hurt yourself when you hurt the Holy Spirit. Instead, learn to love and respect Him because only He can make us holy, happy, and productive. Alright. So, Galatians 6-7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. New century version. Let's jump to the next version. It says, do not be fooled. You cannot cheat God. You cannot. We cannot cheat God. People harvest only what they plant. You see that? People will har harvest only what they plant. If they plant to satisfy their sinful selves... Their flesh, their, their sinful selves will bring them ruin or pain. But if they plan to please the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, they will receive eternal life from the Spirit. Okay? Uh, another version is the Living Bible. Just, let's skip that one. Okay? So again, examine yourself. Okay? Or right now, let me throw you a question. Do you want to be happy in life? Okay. Do you want the true peace? Do you want to, you know, the peace that comes from God? Um, do you want the success? Just like Abraham and, and Isaac, Jacob, right? Okay. Uh, I think the Joseph. time of Joseph was the time of Jacob, by the way. I, I'm sorry. I think I missed that one earlier. So. Last week, that was our topic. The famine in the time of Jacob and Joseph. Jacob and Joseph. 
Okay? So, friends, if you want success, that means you want favor from God. Do you want favor from God? Are you praying for God to bless you? Do, are you seeking God's blessing for your life, for your family, for your business? Okay? Again, again, first things first. Do not hurt the Holy Spirit. You hurt yourself when you hurt the Holy Spirit. Instead, learn to love and respect Him because only He can make you holy, happy, and productive. Okay? So, do not hurt the Holy Spirit. So, allow me to help everyone regain focus. Okay? Why are we here for? What is the, the purpose of our existence? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession or belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So our purpose, even when we get there, when we live with God in His abode, remember, we were created for Him. To declare His praises. That is what we will do. We are priests. Royal priesthood. Okay, We will declare His praises. We will worship Him. Hmm. Just like the song, I worship you. Okay, can we do that? G. Ah. Uh. Baba, no? <laughs> Bring it higher. I worship you Ooh, I worship you That is the truth. We were created for Him, for His glory. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Like I said, this is the contrast of the advice that I said about do not hurt the Holy Spirit because hurting the Holy Spirit is actually hurting ourselves. So Mark chapter 12 Verse 30 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second one is this. The Lord Jesus said, verse 31, He said, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. 
So, I hope that this song, that this next song we're about to render, will remind us of our call. Why we're here. Why again? What is the purpose for God creating us? For His glory. So we can declare His praises. To worship Him. Amen? But what is our mission? Here on earth right now, why the Lord has not taken us up yet to be with Him after we gave our lives to Jesus? The reason is this, so that we can also preach the gospel to others, okay? We can do the works of Him who sent us, just like what Jesus said. But I hope this song will, you know, will imprint, imprint the message to your hearts. Is that... To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission, the spring from which our service overflows across the street or around the world. The mission still the same, proclaim and live the truth in Jesus' name. To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission, the spring from which our service overflows across the street or around the world. The mission still the same, proclaim and live the truth in Jesus' name. Wow. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Okay, so what is our mission? You know, it's loving God. It is learning to live our lives in line or in alignment to the will of God. You see, when we submit our lives to God and obey Him and we please Him, we love Him. And he's looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in what? And in truth. Not just with words, not just with, you know, what you say, but with action. That's why the Bible says, the Heavenly Father is looking for those who will worship, who will honor him. In spirit and in truth. So if you live what you say, if you say you love the Lord and it shows with your life, then that is, there is truth to that. There is truth to what you say. There is truth to what you sing. There is truth. I mean, your words is proven by your actions. Learn to love Him. That's the beginning. Because, you know, as we learn how to love the Lord our God, you know, it's easy to do our mission, to complete the mission. I mean, you cannot just go around and share the gospel. Some people don't feel, they don't have confidence and they feel incompetent. They don't, you know, they feel unworthy, okay, to share the gospel because their lives doesn't show it. Do, do you understand what I mean? I mean, if people know who you are, what you do, and that, you know, it, it, your message does not, uh, does not uh, align uh, with what you say, they will not believe you, right? 
And you don't feel good, you don't feel worthy to share the word because you know that you're not uh, doing the right thing. You're not, your life is not pleasing to God. That's why I said repent first. Repent. Amen? So I hope that that song reminds us of our call to preach the gospel. And, uh, you know, after this, it's time to post the gospel of Christ. You know, use your social media. You know, how many people have read or heard the gospel of Christ through your account, through your Facebook account, or through your whatever, okay? Preach the gospel by all means, all right? Hallelujah. So, again, the famines and trials will test our faith and our love for God. And we know that some will remain and some will depart from faith. Some will continue to love God and some will hate and blame God. And that's what the Bible says there's going to be an apostasy in the last days. So whether there is a, a famine or another form of uh, trials that will come our way the, or that you are facing right now, the right thing to do is respond, not react. You need to have the mind of Christ so you can act accordingly. So you, you, you act according to the ways of the Lord. Uh, Jesus, the Lord Yeshua is coming and he will judge us on how we live our lives. Okay? So right now, fear God so you will, you know, you will get your life straight. Right? So that's it. That's all for now. Uh, we have to... Uh, Attend the next service. Uh, this is our first service online church. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us today. We will uh, see you again next week for another episode on famines in the Bible. And we're going to tackle the famine during the time of David, which is uh, the famine as a form of judgment. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of learning that we can learn from it. So again, it's a continuation of what we just started. Like, don't you ever offend the Holy Spirit. Okay, so friends, uh, our topic, I believe, is pretty heavy. And let's uh, close in prayer. Uh, if you think uh, you are blessed and you think other people needs uh, need to hear <laughs> the same message, please share it. You're free to do so. Uh, just copy the link or you know send them the link uh, God bless you we love you okay and now the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord makes his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace may the grace the favor of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all okay God bless you, everyone. See you again next week. Bye. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook by going to facebook.com slash mfcdvo or search for Maranatha Family Church Davo on Facebook, where we also stream our church services. Again, that's facebook.com slash mfcdvo. God bless.